So I want to talk about the big news uh, about the new 007 being a person of color and what? and a woman. What? What? Internet heads explode. Craig, tell me more. Yeah. So now uh, this is iffy because it's not uh, a. This has not been confirmed, really. Uh, B. It's it's a little bit like tricky in the sense that they're not saying there's a new James Bond movie coming out and now it's a woman. What they're saying is in Bond 25, which is the the Bond movie they're making right now with Daniel Craig, uh, there is a woman named Lashana Lynch who we would know uh, from the movie Captain Marvel. She was the and a bunch of, of cool uh, British uh, TV shows too. Right. Yeah. Uh, she will be playing 007, as in James Bond is retired. And, of course, 007 is his secret agent uh, uh, designation, so she will be the current 007 mm-hmm. uh, and, I, I don't know, goes to find him out of retirement or something. Can, can we pause on that for two seconds? So say you're running this MI, what are they, MI5, MI6, MI28, whatever they are. So don't you think they would retire that number? Well, you've only got nine digits, I guess, to work with. You know, but, but all the double O, but it's like, how about you go to O one O or something? Well, you know, how about you? I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, double O like, fourteen. You know, like or just fourteen, right? It's like Agent fourteen, Agent whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they got to keep reusing these things. Well, especially his. I mean, maybe you right? could keep reusing some, but like he, he's like, like Gretzky's some hockey. Jersey. Yeah, some hockey players don't get their yeah, jersey yeah, yeah. retired, right? But like Gretzky, his number's up there. Yeah, who's going to use ninety nine? Yeah, well, who's going to be nine? Who's going to want the hubris of saying they're ninety nine? I don't know. Here's what I think they should do. Now, obviously, the internet explodes because people are just like, no, it has to be a man and a white man and blah blah blah. Uh, which is funny because if you remember when uh, 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 Daniels was cast. Everybody was up in arms because he had blonde hair. Yep. James Blonde, they called him. But um, And he had muscles, and he looked cool. Yeah, yeah. Wait, oh, sorry. And then he turns out yeah. to be like one of the best Bonds they've oh. ever had, really. Well, the, uh, he's actually my favorite. Oh, there he's you go. So uh, they they definitely need to, I mean, they're, you know, the people are going to argue, well, he's supposed to be a manly man and blah, blah, blah. But like something like, especially Bond, uh, needs to be able to move into new territory, like it, now that it's the future. Otherwise, they they'll become the dinosaur that you know he is sometimes painted as. Well, it has to because with uh, Daniel Craig, then they introduce some mental health issues. They had, uh, right. and had his actual alcoholism, where before it was ha ha ha, I'm drinking all the time. I was like, hey, good for you, and now it's like, ooh, you're yeah. drinking all the time. Yeah, and well, that, and even uh, so slowly move over. But he, and uh, like you said at the start, they didn't say that this person is the new boss. No. Until he comes out of retirement in the movie. But then, what do you do then? She said, but I'm 007. You're like, but you're 007. Well, now what do we do? Now we're both 007? (laughs) I don't understand. Here's what I think they should do is uh, because they've had like the continuity of, you know, from Sean Connery to Daniel Craig is like all those guys were named James Bond. Like, obviously, that's not the same da- or the same James Bond that was in the 60s that it is now. So let's say not only 007 is transferable, but also the name James Bond, which sounds like a made-up name, mm-hmm. let's be honest. And if you're a female, let's say that's Jane Bond or whatever. Uh, so that, like, there's been a lot of James Bonds over time. Like, so that there really was a Sean Connery James Bond and a Roger Moore and a Timothy Dalton and all those guys. And so going forward, you could have an Idris Elba or a Lashana Lynch. Like, mm-hmm. so it could be a, a you know, person of color or a woman or anybody. Now, you know, you're always going to have uh, people get their underwear in a bunch because of stuff like this. But it's like, there's no reason why James Bond has to be a white man. It just, uh, there's, there's no reason. No. And uh, like every other movie that people get up in arms with... Because people just don't like change. It's like, no, James Bond is this. 
Uh, but uh, Phoebe, um, what is her name from Fleabag that writes and stars? Oh, Phoebe Fleabag. Waller Bridge. So she's doing redoing the script. Yes, and she even said uh, James Bond is supposed to be James Bond, but the movie itself and the characters around him need to change to push him further. Now. Totally. But yeah, is he a womanizing jerk? You know, from the beginning? no, he's slowly his character slowly changing. Yeah, should have changed a lot faster. But even she's like, no, that's who James Bond is. So and now um, uh, this is a few weeks old now, but like on the he- this comes on the heels of the uh, Little Mermaid recreation, the the oh, new version they're making, the right? New Did you hear about this? Yeah, the new area. How, how could you not have heard about this? So I don't know the actress's name. Actually, I didn't bother to look it up before we started, but uh, because I'm we're very professional around yes. here. Uh, but again, same thing. Now people are like, oh, Ariel's supposed to be white, and it's like she she's a mermaid. She one. She's a mermaid. Two. There's various um, mermaids in like zillion cultures around the world. And yeah. It's like, but she's a mermaid. She's not white. I, I don't know. It really hurts my racist worldview if she's not white, man. But I and it's just I don't know how old you have to be for you to go. Oh wait a second, Ariel's not white because I showed the uh, the little clip and then uh, whatever poster picture to uh, my daughter who's nine. Right. Said, hey, they're going to make a live action uh, Little Mermaid. <gasps> yeah. What? And I told her, she said, that looks so cool. She looks so pretty. Oh, I'm so excited. And that's all she's, so I don't know what, what age you go, wait a second. That's not the right Ariel. Yeah. Ariel doesn't look right. No, exactly. Mm. So, and that's not cool. No. Like, but I don't know about this whole remake thing in general. Like, uh, we, we had talked about it uh, briefly and then I, I mentioned it, uh, I think, last week on the show. But, um, why? Why now? Like, Disney never has to come up with a new idea. It's like, no, let's just remake all of these live action. And then I watched Dumbo the other day. Did you ever see the Dumbo? I did actually just recently watch yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, we rented it and, uh, like, boring. Like, to me, it was just boring. And, like, even the kids were like, can we just stop watching this now? <laughs> and I'm like, why? You don't have to go and remake them. But now, with the casting and this for 007, the leak that it was leaked about 007 being somebody else, like, so that's just to get the buzz about the movie, right? Well, I think that's largely part of it. Some people were even saying that they were sort of dropping this uh, other 007 in there to test the waters for, you know, where it could go in the well, future. Exactly, like in the future. To see how much people like, freak ooh, out. We gotta get, but it's weird to get the buzz started this early when the movie doesn't come out till well into next year. I yeah, think, well, right? and I think they've been trying to keep that pretty steady because there have been other news stories in the last few it's months like, about ooh, different man. things. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. Uh, so let's go back to this. Uh, the The Lion King opens this weekend. We're t- you were just talking about. Sure the, does. Going to take the kids. The, oh. All the remakes and, and reboots and well, stuff yeah, like that. Because last time I was like, ooh, but they're saying it's a reimagining right. of The Lion King. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. I guess we're going to find out. But Yeah, I, I don't have no idea what that means. I guess uh, as long as they didn't make the lions into from people of color. Because, yes, you know, that would be very upsetting. That's, that would be a reimagining I couldn't handle. And, um, uh, so, but why? Why is it all Beyonce? So, does this bother you, though? The remakes, I mean, does it bother me? Yeah, um, uh, because they haven't been good. The Jungle Book, I didn't mind. I thought the Jungle Book was, uh, and if um, John, who's making the Lion John King, did, Favreau, did, did yeah. the, the Jungle Book, so okay, maybe we're okay. But uh, Aladdin, really. Really, that was a horrendous movie. Right. Dumbo, horrendous movie. Like, what? What are? I don't know. Yeah, it I, seems just it's a cash grab. Right. Know. It definitely. Well, I mean, it definitely is a cash grab in the sense that it's just like they know that those properties are going to sell. Partially, that's our fault. Not you and me specifically, but like well, as more movie your fault goers, than mine. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you've gone to more of them. Yeah, than actually, I have. I have so it's my more fault. your I'm fault. Supporting than mine. them. Yeah. Yeah, but that's exactly why because they know people will go to them. Oh, yeah, we'll go. So here's what I say: is like, yes, I definitely do recognize the 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 
that Hollywood's out of ideas and and that that's a whole thing. However, uh, I'm there's a lot of people that have a knee jerk reaction that they're like, no, remix is stupid. But I'm like, if it's good, oh, if it's good, then sure, great, yeah. fill your boots. Uh, now, as you pointed out, like they haven't really been. Uh, but so. this could be different. Yeah. But and you never know till you see it. So that's why we go because this time will be different. Yeah. No, it mm-hmm. won't. Uh, so let's really quickly here. Uh, I want to each each of us have done some reading this week, as we are are often doing. So we each have about thirty seconds to talk about a uh, book uh, that we've read. So I'll, I'll go first quickly. I just finished reading uh, Brett Easton Ellis's book White, which is not a work of fiction. Of course, if you don't know him, he wrote like American Psycho and Less Than Zero, and awesome. Uh, so this book is more of a a screed against like what's happening online right now in terms of like uh, you know the, the culture of being offended and uh, and and valuing ideology over art. I don't agree with everything that's in the book, but it definitely has some interesting thinking about like maybe we need to come back to the center a little bit more on some things because the far right and the far left are becoming just as fascist, you know, as the as we always saw the far right as being. So uh, it's so it's an interesting read. What about you? And I am reading the new book by Howard Stern. Why? It's like Playboy. I read it for the articles, yeah. okay, not for the pictures. Howard Stern, I don't listen to Howard Stern for the gross stuff anyway because he doesn't do that anymore. Right. But his interviews are awesome. So he took a bunch of his uh, favorite interviews, put them into book form, and then did a little intro for each. But he is 100% right that reading it, you do get more out of it than listening to the show. So I wanted to see, because I've already listened to all the interviews, right. but then going back and reading them, you do get a bunch more out of it. So it's not some, a lot of people catch grab, you're just taking what you did in the show and put it into a book. Like, well, he did add it a little bit, and but it is a completely different experience. So I quite uh, quite enjoyed uh, uh, reading it. I'm almost done, so it was pretty good. Nice. All right. Well, that's all the time we have uh, for you and I. So we're going to throw back to the Jody in the studio there. Here we go. Thanks, fellas. Okay, so, Brennan, you got a new little uh, LP this week. Tell us all about it. I did. So keeping with my music uh, aesthetic and and finding the best things for people to find, I came across a DVD and a 45 of John Cage and Sun Ra performing together on stage. Now, um, if you don't know what a 45 is, it's a very small record. Okay, so usually it has like one song on one side and one on the other for those of you who don't know. Now, I realize most CFCR listeners would know what that is, but in case you don't. Um, what's amazing is that this is a show that a lot of music people said never happened. They're like, John Cage and Son Ra have never been on stage before. And on June 8th, 1986, in Coney Island, Ooh. which seems like the most non-musical artistic place Ever. Like, I think Coney Island, I think Harley Quinn. That makes sense. <laughs> I don't think of Sun Ra and John Cage. So, um, for people that maybe aren't initiated, uh, Sun Ra, brilliant freeform jazz um, piano player as well as saxophone player. Um, he says he's from Saturn and he's here to promote world peace and things through this convention called jazz music. John Cage is a contemporary composer. Uh, most famous for his piece, 4 minutes, 33 seconds, where the orchestra sits there for 4 minutes and 33 seconds and does not play anything. So you sit in silence, and whatever happens during the silence is the piece, right? Uh, Which fits into John Cage being um, a Zen Buddhist, is the idea of sounds always happening 
let's let music happen in the moment that we are here. So we have one musician who is known for crazy out there pushing boundaries, squeaking, squawking things, and another man who's known for like making songs that people don't play anything. And they were on stage together and did a short set. That's amazing. And they're both it actually is. really kind of well-known for their fashion as well. Yes. Uh, Sun Ra is known for wearing very like colorful outfits, gold, big hats. John Cage is known for wearing the same um, uh, uh, light brown work shirt and pants um basically um they're kind of on the opposite ends of the spectrum like yes, in many ways they, they are so again so john cage known for silence sun Ra known for creating sort of chaos um so on this set um it's the two of them on stage sun Ra has a yamaha dx7 which at the time was like the big new synth like ooh, what is this new technology and when it starts, it's Sun Ra sitting down, being pushing boundaries, contemporary, lots of crazy notes. Um, his orchestra, they dress up in sort of Egyptian outfits. And he comes out with, um, and I forget his name, who has uh, an Egyptian headdress holding incense and onk. And he stands behind Sun Ra while he does this crazy piano stuff. And when he's done, like, again, free form, just pushing boundaries and when he's done they all clap and then john cage puts on his glasses which is the signal that he's going to start and then he begins his part of the song if you watch the dvd though what's interesting is that sun Ra is moving his hands like he's doing things but he's not making any sound so but it's it's this crazy combination of art house meets freeform jazz at the very end sun Ra has his group come out and they do this crazy Egyptian dance thing while he plays the keyboards and makes crazy noise. So if you are an audiophile that likes this kind of thing, you will love it. Okay. But not a starting point. <laughs> if this is not your thing, do not start here. But if you like this type of thing, then this is up your alley. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for that scoop. Um, the set itself sounds amazing. It's really cool. And uh, yeah, it's always nice to be turned on yep. to new experiences. Uh, through Modern, Modern Harmonics. Um, it came out this year. So go check it out. Okay. Thank you very much, Brennan. Okay, so next up, we are going to turn things over to Tony and Kathy and learn all about the San Diego Comic-Con exclusives. Tony, Kathy, what the heck is going on in the toy world? Well, you know what? There's this thing called the San Diego, San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con going on right now. San Diego's. <laughs> uh, it's going on right now, and uh, because of that, I wanted to talk a little about about the exclusives that are happening at the San Diego Comic Con. Uh, did you know that the the reason why it's called the San Diego Comic Con is because they used to actually have comics there? Really? Yeah. One time, one time it was actually just a comic convention. No. Yeah, and uh, now it's about everything Hollywood and stuff like that. But there's a huge toy presence, and a lot of people go to these uh, this convention because of the the exclusives, and they are out of control. Uh, a lot of things you could buy only uh, in San Diego, and then people come back and sell them for a lot more money. And there's a lot of things that I kind of wanted to touch on. So uh, yeah, let's talk about some toys, Kath. Um, you said that a lot of these toys you can only buy at San Diego Comic Con. That's not right. Well, <laughs> for me here in Saskatoon, I'm hoping to get some from San Diego because a lot of them are exclusives. They're uh, exclusives that go on in San Diego, and they're also shared exclusives to stores that are mostly in the United States of America. 
Um, which we don't have. So there's uh, there's uh, exclusives that are going to be in San Diego and at Target, uh, and then uh, some online places as well. But let's get into some let's get into some of these things. So I okay. want to start off with Hasbro. Okay. So the thing about the Hasbro is this is always the big one for me because they have the Star Wars. Uh, this year the Star Wars ones are going to be a uh, there's a retro prototype Vader. Mm-hmm. So basically what happens is back in the day when they made actual action figures they would actually take a uh, not clay but more of a wax sculpture they would cut it out and they would like then make your little figure and they would like burn that wax off into and make a mold so now what they're doing is they're cheating and they're actually taking a Darth Vader and they're actually putting him in making him different colors so he's gonna have like a red arm and like a, uh, a white head and like a torso that's pink and then they're putting that together and they're making it an exclusive at the comic-con and through so he'll be rainbow vader he's basically rainbow vader with a black cape it looks ridiculous it really does <laughs> but, but you I, want him i want five okay <laughs> i want five uh that's one of them now this is a kind of a neat thing too they're actually releasing the uh the new rise of skywalker um they have a new sith trooper and that's going to be also coming out only at the convention at this point and then later it'll come out with a different package but I really want the first package. Does it come with anything else? Like sometimes the exclusives come with a, a different, like a different gun, a it's different a red, base, a different It's a red whatever. package. Just yeah. a package. Yeah, cap. Oh, okay. it's, it's a red, <laughs> okay. it's a red. It's really cool. You should look up and it's red. It's like a new stormtrooper, but he's red. So now you'll have a chance to have a red stormtrooper with your white stormtroopers. Do we know what is a Sith trooper? A Sith trooper? I think he's probably a, a bad trooper. In the sense that he's red. Okay. So we don't we don't know. I don't know nothing. I don't know. This is all I know. Um, then I think that there's also going to be through this whole thing. Um, there's a Transformers uh, Ektron. Um, is it Ektron? I think it's called an Ektron Transformers thing. It's actually a combination between the Transformers and Ghostbusters. So oh. I think there's a comic that's going to be that has already come out and it's Transformers. so this thing is actually huge it's a giant 10 inches tall optimus prime and it's clad in the ecto-1 coloring and it turns from a giant uh, optimus prime into like a base now i've seen pictures of this it's pretty impressive sounds neat yeah this would be something that i'd like to see i wouldn't i don't really buy that kind of stuff the transformers i, I know that people are going to go crazy over this one as well so and mm. i don't think this is actually going anywhere else i think this is actually just going to be at the convention so so that's exciting. Now, that is exciting. I know that you are a pop fan. You buy a lot of the, the Funkos. I uh, buy some of the Funkos, yeah. So yeah. there are a lot of um, e- exclusives or shared exclusives for pop at San Diego Comic-Con this year. There's actually, uh, when we were looking through the list, I only found three of them that were exclusive-exclusive, like you can only get them at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, and guess which one of them is? The big one. The one that people are going to be going nuts for. Uh, which one is it's the big one that you the think? It's going to be the Sith Trooper. That has, Sith yeah, Trooper. The, the, the Sith Trooper. There's only, they're only making a thousand of it, and the Star Wars fans are going to go nuts. It's going to sell out right away, and it's going to be going for $5 million. <laughs> $5 million. That's my. That's what I think. It's a $5 million toy coming up right away. So the other two that were exclusives that are like 1000 and limited and people are supposed to go ooh crazy but i don't have any idea what they are so there's something called louis blue raspberry oh any yeah. idea it, i i do that's uh he's louis and he's a blue raspberry 
<laughs> that's, uh, I've seen him around. <laughs> okay. I have okay. no idea. I have no idea what that is. No. Oh, it, he yeah. must be pretty collectible. Yeah. No, I have no idea what that is. And there's a Winona Earp. We all know who that is. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that actually so. is really neat. And they're only making a thousand of each. Like, I, yeah. don't, I, I don't like exclusives. I won't lie. Like, I like the idea of getting these toys and I like the idea of going and. But the way you get, yeah, you have to get these exclusives is you have to go, and first thing you have to do is you have to buy a ticket to Comic-Con, which is hard to get. And then after, because they sell it really fast, and then after that you have to be, you, know, you, put, you put yourself into a lottery, and you have to win the lottery. And then after that you get a chance to go certain you know, times. They give you a time spot and you go. But they also are only selling certain amount of certain things, like Hasbro only has this many for each day. So if you have your time spot at like four in the afternoon, you have a pretty good chance of, of getting it. But if you're later on in the day, you're not going to get that, oh. that exclusive. So it's hard. So then you have this thing where you come back and so there's going to be certain people that are going to want them. They, you know, and they will be the scalpers mm. and the scalpers are the worst because now they're going to take that product and they're going to try to make a bunch of money on it. And then you have the fools. That's me. <laughs> and the fools like me, they're going to go on there and spend $5 million <laughs> on a pop figure that they don't need, they don't want. But for whatever reason, their crazy mind says if they don't have it, they're going to like not be fulfilled in life. <laughs> and yeah, so that's kind of, that, that's the thing about these exclusive that's horrible because these things I think should be just available for everybody. When we were looking online to see if we could find pictures of the things, um, there were little links that said, uh, pre-order this on eBay. So people are expecting that they're going to get one and already selling it, even though they, it hasn't even... And that's kind of the yeah. thing about the Funko Pops. There's 60 of them that are going to be shared exclusives. So there's only three that I know of that, that are going to be just at the con and then the shared exclusives, which is a good thing. But not maybe not great for Canada because we don't have a Target anymore and we don't have like a FYE and we don't have a, uh, a lot Tokyo, of other... Tokyo, whatever. yeah. I think what it's called, Tokyo... It's something I've never heard of before, like Tokyo Toy, I think it's called. So these kind of things are hard to get. Uh, and because of that, we're, we're kind of stuck, you know, being at the, the mercy of the guy who wants to sell it on eBay. Yeah. Um, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, you know what? It's, it's not hard to get these items if you're living in the States. You're, if you're listening right now from the United States and you're living in, like, living in Detroit and you're hearing us right now, then you'll know that you can get these things. But you have to feel <laughs> bad here for us Canadians who are crazy, crazy collectors and uh yeah so uh, a couple things i want to mention there's some pretty cool stuff there's mattel's doing a she-ra and princess power uh shadow weaver two-pack oh. uh there is a transformers 12 inch super cyborg megatron that's going to be there super seven is a small company that kind of make like a almost like a vintage uh, star wars ripoff thing and they're actually making metropolis uh, marina reaction figure and that's the robot from metropolis and she's chromed people don't Ooh. chrome stuff anymore and because of the, they say it's bad for the environment so i just want to say super seven are awesome but they're also bad for the environment so take your pick if you like that <laughs> or not. uh lego this is the big one i want to mention before we go dark knight of gotham they have a lego set lego sets are the hardest thing to find um but we might get lucky and uh, hopefully maybe someone we know in saskatoon might be able to get that lego set for us but the lego oh. ones are hard to find they sell out fast and that's yeah so there you go san diego comic-con if you go there buy the stuff and bring it back and resell it <laughs> to Tony <laughs> to me <laughs> to <laughs> Tony okay well th th some good scoops and uh, I mean you can go on the internet and kind of find out a little bit about what's what and what's hot and what people are going to like sell their firstborn for yeah um, it's cr it's such a crazy market toys should just be fun for everyone but no they're collectible and should never come out of the package <laughs> never sure Tony um, there are comics 
at the Comic-Con, by the way. I mean, it's certainly the entertainment part is, has overwhelmed almost every comic convention in the land, and certainly um, San Diego is no exception. But there are some good comics that came out this week that I want to mention because you should put them on your radar. Um, one that came out was uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number one. Um, and it's a, actually a rollicking good little adventure. Um, it has um, three stories in it that kind of tell the story of, like, Jimmy is a little bit crazy. It's definitely set modern day because there's like cell phones and stuff and he's kind of a, a, a video blogger guy um, and he has a really big following because he's always doing stupid things and of course Superman has to bail him out in traditional fashion. Um, but uh, this has him set up where he's like about to get fired because he did something stupid but then they're like no he brings in a lot of money and, and revenue for the paper and then they relocate him and again he's going to do something kind of dumb right at the end and uh, I, I think it's going to be a good adventure I like the style of it um, it's Matt Fraction who is a fantastic mm. writer he, he's, uh, he's got a really good fun comic sensibility and uh, I think this is going to be a real winner so uh, I would say put that one on your poll list for sure um, is, it, is it cartoony because it looks kind of cartoony it, with it, the, it's the quite story. cartoony yeah. yeah it's quite cartoony um, but I, I really love how it looks and it, it's been it was a good read so um, next up is um, from Titan Blade Runner 2019 um, basically mm. there's uh, a Blade Runner she's like super cop um, but she's so good at her job that like there's no replicants to get right now so of course she gets hired by some rich muckety muck whose like wife and kid have been supposedly kidnapped but then maybe they kidnapped themselves bah, bah, bah. Bah, bah, bah. yeah exactly um um it's moody it's pretty good but i found that like i didn't really love the art some of it's pretty lazy um sorry um andres guinaldo you, you could have put in a little more effort um but it's 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 all right i'm gonna give it another chance i'm gonna read another issue and see if it gets any better um, DC has their young animal line and they've just put out this new one called Collapser and it's about this dude and he's just like a dude and uh, he gets this box that was supposedly from his dead mother who he hasn't seen his whole life and um, it seems to be like there's like a, a black hole in it and it kind of takes him on and then now these people from other dimensions are trying to track him down. Um, and it's it's interesting. Again, it has a lot of promise. It didn't like super, super grab me right off the go, but I think it has some potential. Um, and then the last thing that I'll mention is there are three awesome comics that wrapped uh, this week, and that was Black Badge, Little Bird, and Jim Henson's Storyteller Sirens. And uh, those will be coming out in trade soon, so you should pick them up. So Little Bird actually wrapped. It's only a four-issue series? Five. Five, five issues? Five issues. Oh. So, yeah. Um, Little Bird is really good. Yeah. I didn't realize it was done. So. Yeah. So, and that wraps another episode of Punch Radio. Thank you for tuning in. This is... <laughs>